0: Hey, this is Chad Brown. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com.
1: Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan presents Chad and Nate. Well,
2: Chad, we knew it was going to be a bloody day. Yeah. We knew it was going to be bloody, and there's blood. There's blood flowing uh, at UC Health Training Center. The Broncos have just traded Malik Reed to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We don't know what they got back for him yet, but um, Malik Reed has been a player who he is, he is uh, I don't know, he he's played better than I think people expected. You talked, uh, we were talking on the break about him having a ceiling, but I think that, you know, f- for a guy who's 6'2", 235, maybe a little bit undersized for the position he's playing, has had some really... Productive snaps for the Broncos over the last three years. He's played in 45 games for the Broncos, started 34 of them, um, and he leaves with 15 sacks. In 2020, he led the team in sacks with eight, and he provided some depth at the position that was comforting, actually, when you think about the injury history of Bradley Chubb, the injury history of Randy Gregory, and the lack of availability of Randy Gregory. Um, and maybe kind of the, the lack of readiness for Nick Benito, the, the first pick that the Broncos made in the second round. So does this put the Broncos uh, in a more precarious position at that position now that Malik Reed is gone, or do you feel good about what they have?
0: I think I've, I feel pretty good about what they have. Nick Benito played his best game in the preseason, game three. Um, now he was going against twos and threes at the end. Well, actually probably threes at the end, but still he put it together his best game. Uh, Baron Browning, his move from inside linebacker to outside linebacker—I don't think anyone would argue that that move has been successful. Uh, Jonathan Cooper came back from the finger injury and the lack of offseason work and played good there at the end. So the comfort uh, with those three guys, um, the salary and trade possibilities for Malik Reed uh, made it a no-brainer from a GM perspective. I've got a—I've got too many guys in this room who makes the most sense. Uh, from a trade value to get away, and who makes the most sense salary cap to be able to move on from. In both, in both cases, it's Malik Reed. So for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they get themselves a good football player. They get themselves a, a guy who can, you know, uh, contribute to their edge game, who can be maybe on the opposite side of T.J. Watt um, and maybe benefit from uh, single blocks and all the double teams that T.J. Watt is going to get. So Steelers like to have a couple of those edge guys there with proven, you know, Pass rushing success backgrounds. Malik Reed fits in that. There's nothing wrong with Malik Reed as a football player. You can win football games with Malik Reed. But again, from a GM perspective, I put on my George Payton hat. I look at that room. One guy's got trade value. I want more draft picks. I only got five draft picks for next year because I gave so many away to get Russell Wilson. How do I get some of those back? This is a move to do that. I want to be able to make some uh, conserve some money on the salary cap. The Sam Martin moved had salary cap implications to it. This move also has salary cap implications to it. Gives him some salary cap flexibility and freedom.
2: And just like that, Malik Reed is, is cleaning out his locker. Yeah. And, uh, and he's got to pack up his, you know, get out of his
0: lease in his apartment or whether he bought a house. He's got a nice house over there. Well, I won't say where, but uh, okay. yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> All right, so so either, either way, he's got to figure out what to do there. He's got to hop on a plane and go be a part of a new team. Right. Uh, the team that drafted you, Chad, a couple, yes. couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And you talked about their... Um, interest in bringing in a, a specific kind of player is Malik read that kind of player the that the, the Blitzburg Steelers like to look at and and is there a chance that he becomes a starter there and is there a chance he becomes like the shaq Barrett over there the one that got away
0: ah uh, I, I think the ceiling for Malik is maybe a little lower than shaq Malik's had you know what twenty six starts the last two years. So 26 starts, 13 sacks, 26 quarterback hits, something like that. So Not bad. Yeah, so it's not bad. Pretty productive. He, he's a good football player. Um, You know, can he reach Shaq Barrett kind of heights where he's towards the top of the league as far as sack numbers? Playing that Steeler defense gives him an opportunity to do that. I just don't think the ceiling is high enough. Is he going to be a starter? Uh, You know, I just got to uh, – I don't know. I don't know. you got to dig into that. I'm okay. getting a bunch of texts from uh, – Folks out in Pittsburgh want to ask questions about Malik Reed. Um, we'll have to, I'll have to dig into that. But obviously, T.J. Watt is going to be the guy on one side. Yep. And regardless of who it is playing on the other side of T.J. Watt, that guy will get the benefit of the line sliding to T.J. Watt. The the double teams that T.J. Watt gets you, they're going to single you up. So the Steelers, I would lo- I would assume, would love to have a player like Malik Reed, even if it's not as a starter, to be a part of that rotation because he's got a proven track record of being able to affect the quarterback.
2: Well, the second big piece of news that just hit the wire right before our last break was we have a resolution in the quarterback competition. It seems like uh, they got Vic Fangio to come down and flip the coin. <laughs> right, flip the coin, and you know who called heads? Brett Ripon. and you know what came up? Heads. Heads. Josh Johnson, a, a player who we all kind of fell in love with over the last couple of months. Some of us were skeptical at first when he was signed, like, is this guy going to be a suitable backup to – Russell Wilson, you got to remember Russell Wilson is 33 years old. He plays a style of football that does kind of put him in harm's way from time to time. And I know we don't like to think about this, but there is a chance he gets hurt or dinged up. And you need a guy to come in for a couple weeks. Josh Johnson put forth a valiant effort in proving that he could be that guy. Uh, There was a lot of consternation. I know that was not an easy decision that the Broncos brass had to make there. But Josh Johnson is a survivor. He played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the San Francisco 49ers. The Sacramento Mountain Lions, the Cleveland Browns, the Cincinnati Bengals, back to the Niners for the second stint, back to the Bengals for a second stint, then on to the New York Jets, then the Indianapolis Colts, then the Buffalo Bills, then the Baltimore Ravens, then the New York Giants, then the Houston Texans, Chad, then the Oakland Raiders, then the San Diego Fleet, then the Washington Redskins, that's what they were named at the time, then the Detroit Lions, then the Los Angeles Wildcats, back to the Niners for the third stint, back to the Jets for a second stint, back to the Ravens for a second stint, and then on here to the Denver Broncos. And what Mike Kliss says is they'd like to bring him back as a practice squad member.
0: Yeah, uh, if Russell Wilson, God forbid, were to get nicked up, I won't even say hurt, nicked up, and one of these two guys were to go into the game, I don't think this roster move actually indicates who would go into the game. This move was, right. yeah, This move was based upon... Who do we think has the best chance to clear waivers? Uh, they clearly like so you don't think they like Brett Ripon
2: better as a quarterback uh, it doesn't indicate that.
0: I, I think there's still a, a, a conversation to be had there, but in the end this move I think indicates, you know we think we can get Josh back and he'll clear waivers um, but what game, who gets hurt? How long is Russell Wilson going to be out all that stuff that could change you know, uh, who actually goes into the game to replace Russell Wilson.
2: And you spoke with Josh Johnson in your production
0: meetings. I spoke with Brett Rippin as well. Both guys very impressive. Yeah. Josh has the benefit of being 36 years old. Just right. a little bit more confident in his presence. You just went over his track record. I don't think you can go through a track record like that and not have a lot of personal belief in yourself.
2: Right. And, and uh, evidenced by what you told me, that he said if it doesn't work out here, he's going to keep it going.
0: Yeah. So the wheels fall off, baby.
2: He's not, he's not going to hang it up. Um, and so... We'll see how that plays out. If he clears waivers, if he ends up on the practice squad, you got to remember there's 16 players on the practice squad. 80 guys down to 53 plus the 16 for practice squad. That's 69. 11 guys, theoretically, are gone. Probably a few more because you're probably going to pick up some practice squad guys from around the league and maybe bolster your active roster with some different guys. So stay tuned to see what happens there. Um, also, stay tuned for what's coming up next, and that's your favorite contrarian, James Marilat He's next.
1: You're listening to Chad and Nate on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. We welcome Jimmy
2: Marilat of DenverFan.com, joining us courtesy of Old Chicago Pizza and Tap Room. Game day is at Old Chicago. What's going on, James? How are you, buddy? I'm good,
3: fellas. How are you guys?
2: Doing pretty well, so within the last 20 minutes or so, a couple uh, big items of news coming from Broncos headquarters. Malik Reed being traded to the Steelers and Josh Johnson uh, going to get released, hopefully brought back to the practice squad. What are your thoughts on those two moves?
3: The Malik Reed move, I think, makes a lot of sense. If you look at the, the young players behind him and Jonathan Cooper, Baron Browning, guys like that, Baron Browning first and foremost. But uh, there's guys with more upside, and if you're going to be a backup in this league, Typically speaking, the, the teams like to go with younger players, and Randy Gregory obviously is going to be ready for week one based on this news. Bradley Chubb seems healthy, so if those are your starters, you want to have a backup that is a younger player, and that's the direction they went. I think that makes a lot of sense. The, the, the Brett Ripon move seems odd to me. He seems like more of a, you know, dink and dunk type of quarterback, so... I don't understand that one, but uh, that's the direction the Broncos decided to go, and I guess uh, we'll just have to live with it.
2: James, I thought we were talking about how good of a long ball Brett Rippon was throwing all camp and in preseason. Did you not see that?
3: I I didn't. He seems like a guy that doesn't want to push the ball down the field. It's not really the deep ball, Nate. It's more of that intermediate 15, yeah, 15 to 20-yard pass that he just doesn't seem to have. He doesn't seem to be able to kind of rifle it into those type of windows. I mean, you know, the the number of times you're throwing the ball 30-plus yards in the air down the field is, you know, it's a, a couple of times a game at most, but it's that, hey, what can you do on third and eight to third and 15, and, and, and is it something where you can throw the ball past the sticks and try and convert, or do you have to throw it short and hope your receiver can make a move, make somebody miss, break a tackle? And get the first down. So to me, that's that's the issue with, with Brett Rippin. I don't know that he has the arm strength for those type of throws. I thought Josh Johnson certainly did. And it's not even just arm strength. It's the fact that he just sort of had the the mentality and the willingness to make that throw. And part of that is, you know, kind of being a little bit of a gunslinger, a little bit of a riverboat gambler and, and taking that chance. So that's the issue that uh, that I have with, with Brett Rippon. I think both of them, though, are guys that look if if Russell Wilson gets dinged up and can't come back after halftime in a game and you're up twenty to ten, either one of them is going to be fine to keep the the train on the tracks. By the same token, if he has something like he had last year where he injured his finger, missed three weeks, probably should have been a little bit more than that. Are you going to win a lot of games with Brett Rippen or Josh Johnson if they have to play for a, a month or more? Probably not. So you know, I think to some extent we're we're splitting hairs here. Um but I I am a bit surprised. I would have gone with the guy that has a little bit more big play potential. Um but the Broncos obviously wanted to go with hey, who's somebody that we can just trust to go out there and not make mistakes? That's not the type of quarterback I tend to uh, to lean toward, but I guess for a backup there is some there is some logic to that to that path.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you just put uh, logic in a James Meredith sentence? Is that, is that actually <laughs> those things?
3: Well, logic for what the Broncos did, not for what I would have done. What I would have done, gotcha. done was, uh, I guess, the illogical
0: route. There we go. All right. Uh, the wide receiver room and the tight end room may be the only uh, position battles that seem to be uh, unknown at, at this point. Uh, I think if there's going to be a surprise or two, maybe it would come out of those particular cuts. Are you seeing that the same way that I am?
3: Yeah, I think the the tight end room is is interesting because we saw we didn't get to see any of Greg Dulcich. so how's he gonna uh factor into things? Alberto not playing this week, I think, shows that all right, he's he's clearly the guy, he's the starter, he's who they're counting on. But you know, in order to get what they want, they gotta kinda have this hodgepodge of multiple guys. So I think they're probably gonna end up having to keep at least one more than they than they would want to, and that could be Andrew Beck. And if you watch if you watch the Montreal Washington End around touchdown. You know everybody's excited about his run and the play he made. Watch the the decision Andrew Beck makes on that play where he initially blocks and then sees that the guy on the end is already set and gets downfield and and gets somebody at the second level. That's why it turned into a touchdown. So an underrated play by by him. And so they're going to keep probably more tight ends than they would like to or need to. I'm trying to read the tea leaves from what we saw late in the game on Saturday, and Kendall Hinton was on the field. Seth Williams wasn 't Seth Williams again more of a boomer bust type of player, right? You saw in that game he had a tremendous catch in the first half, a diving catch, and then he dropped one late in the first half that was right in his hands that would have moved the chain so uh, certainly wasn 't flawless, but I do think he's a guy you know he, he just when you look at body type and size and athletic ability he 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 brings attributes and traits that you just can 't coach. I think Kendall hinton's a a nice player, but you know, you can probably find yourself a, 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 another Kendall Hinton somewhere. Uh, the guys with, with the, the attributes that Seth Williams has I think are tougher uh, to find. The, the Brandon Johnson injury throws a curveball into things, so who knows how it's going to turn out, but I'm sticking with my guy, my guy Seth Williams as uh, the receiver that's going to make the cut.
2: James, I want your take on what's going on in San Francisco uh, with the quarterback situation. The Niners, after you know this long, weird offseason with Jimmy Garoppolo and them moving on from him, or at least saying they were going to try to find a trade partner. He has surgery, and during training camp, he's just throwing on a side field and not working out with the team. They found a way to keep him around. They restructured his deal, and now he's going to be backing up Trey Lance. What are your thoughts on that quarterback situation?
3: Well, I think there's two things that this probably tells us. One, whatever they they got in a trade offer just wasn't enough, right? If it's a day three pick, they're they're looking at that saying, that's just not enough value for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, if somebody would have given them a first-round pick or a second-round pick or something like that, I think they would have have made the move. So I think that's the first part of it. I also think it's a pretty clear sign that they're not 100% sold on, on Trey Lance. It was back... You know, before the Russell Wilson trade, and, you know, my outside the box idea was, hey, go get Trey Lance, right? The, the, the Niners have a quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo that's got him to a Super Bowl, got him to the NFC title game this past year. Maybe they're not as quick, uh, as apt to want to move on from him as everybody thinks. Well, this shows that that's a little bit the case. Like, they want to move on to Trey Lance, but boy, they sure want to have that insurance policy of we know we can win with this guy if it's just not working out. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibilities. The 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 week three when the Broncos host the Niners, Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback by by that game, so that would be a a quick a quick hook for based Trey on Lyons. an
2: injury. You're talking about two bad games and then giving a yeah. the yank.
3: I mean, you're in that you're in that division with the Rams and the Cardinals, and you know you're you're seriously a Super Bowl contender. If you're zero and two coming into Denver. You may say hey that's not the place for the young quarterback let's go with the let's go with the veteran that we know we can win with. That's always why I thought it was going to be tough for them to move on. Like, yeah, he's not a guy that's going to put up huge numbers and make flashy plays, but he was they had a lead in the fourth quarter of the NFC title game on the road with Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's a you know that that's about as close as you can get to getting to the Super Bowl and you have lost to the team that eventually won the Super Bowl. So you're what? Third, fourth in the, in the league at that point? You make the final 4 that's tough to move on you got to be thinking well trey lance is the difference maker is he this year is he the guy that's going to get him over that hump i i I don't know that that's the case so don't be surprised if it's a quick hook for trey lance wouldn't shock me at all
0: that's it for me james uh you know it's going to be an interesting day as we go as we move along with all these cuts but uh yeah i mean uh, josh rosen got released did the broncos kick the tires on a guy like josh rosen
3: no, I don't think so. I think he's one of those guys that, man, you know. And this is where Drew Locke is starting to fall into this category too, right? Like, I didn't think Drew Locke got or had a great situation here with Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer, but when you go somewhere else and you end up with the same result, eventually it's a it's a you thing. Maybe not after two teams, but how many teams has Josh Rosen been on at this point, right? It's it's been multiple, so. I think at this point the handwriting is kind of on, on the wall that he's just not uh, an NFL-caliber quarterback, not even a, a, a backup-caliber quarterback. I don't know that he would be an improvement over Brett Rippon, Josh Johnson, any of the other guys that, uh, that that the Broncos have looked at. So I would I would pass on Josh Rosen. I think that ship has sailed for his career.
2: All right, James. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, fellas. That was James Merrill out of com. courtesy of Old Chicago Pizza and Tap Room. Game day is at Old Chicago. Okay, so there's a lot of Broncos news going on right now. Malik Reed gone, traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Josh Johnson released. They want him back on the practice squad. Uh, what more moves are coming? There will be more blood. We're going to be standing by. Mike Clis has been breaking this news, and also now that the new ownership and front office is all set, how do you feel about the direction they seem to be leaning in? Is this a new era in Broncos country? We're going to get into all that and more next. <laughs>
1: Denver Sports Station 1043 The Band presents Chad and Nate think if, if there's a theme across our 32 and you hear this across sports not just football um, is there is a tendency for a lot of clubs to do things the same way and the, the organizations that have been really successful from a business standpoint have had a growth mindset and an innovation mindset have zigged when others have zagged um, doesn't always work but definitely take chances to try to connect with fans in new and unique ways and that's no more important now than it's ever been uh, with all the different opportunities fans have for entertainment not just sports entertainment um, so I definitely have that approach and that mindset
2: (sighs) growth models zig when you should have zagged there's a lot of business talk in there that makes that sounds like i'm sitting in a meeting for a silicon valley startup
0: it's a 4.65 billion dollar corporation is that all yeah so they and uh he was brought in to be the business face of the franchise so he's got to talk in business terms. How how do you think that
2: franchise gained that much value? Why is it a $4.6 billion franchise? Is it because of new newfangled business ideals, or is it because of the traditions and values of the sport that have led to it being so coveted?
0: The traditions and values of the sport, the brand that the NFL has built, um, going back to, you know, You are in my youth, the NFL films and, you know, all that stuff that, you know, uh, created these myths around football players and and all that stuff. Um, That's the shoulders upon which the game stands on currently, but the growth of of the dollars and the revenue is built upon the entertainment value and the ways in which you can consume it. You can go to a game, you can watch it on television, you can stream it on your phone. Do Um, people really watch games on their phones? According to men, and they certainly do. What do you mean? It's football on your phone. <laughs> you remember those commercials a couple of years back?
2: Yeah, yeah. sort of. Um, if you're a texter out there and you like to text in, three zero three seven one three one zero four three, do you watch a game on your phone? Have you ever watched a full game on your phone?
0: I haven't. Hmm. Um, but I've been forced. Some people obviously do. But I'm just, I've been forced to do such a thing, uh, parts of games. Um, you know, I'm... Did a college game, and I'm traveling back to the airport to to come back, and I want to see what's going on with the Broncos. Yeah, I've you know had something on my phone where I could look at a game.
2: So the goal of this uh, of this of this new management team is to straddle the line between the traditions and values that make the sport great. The old NFL that we all fell in love with. There's a reason why the new NFL is so profitable. It's because it's of the old NFL. Right. You talked about the the shoulders that they stand on yours, Chad. Right. They're standing on your shoulders. Yours too. And, and so the goal is to straddle the line, right. To think in a, in a, in a innovative way about how to grow the business, about how to take advantage of opportunities out there in the business sphere, but also, to stay true to your roots, um, DMAC followed up that answer with a question about
1: jerseys. I think uniforms is a good example of that, where I think you've got to try and balance history and tradition, and um, you know three Super Bowls wearing this uniform, but also understanding that tastes evolve, your customer evolves, um, and, and connecting with fans and, and representing your brand in the best way uh, is important to do. Again, no proclamations on day one, um, but is also one of those things certainly that I'll be looking at.
2: Well, just as I posed that question to the text line talking about evolution of uh of um game watching habits. I mean, everybody. Yes, I watch the uh, I watch the game on my phone. I watch some games on my phone. Yes, um on my phone all the time, every game on my phone. The text line is lighting up right now, Chad with see? people saying they watch games on their phone. So, I need to uh let people on my lawn. Yes. And and, and stop complaining about the old school. Way. I just can't watch it. Like what what can you see there? Can you see it? Can you really see it? <laughs> um, but apparently you can't. So a lot of folks are saying, hey, that's the way to go. And so obviously Damani Leach has his finger on that pulse, and it's a good thing he's president and not me.
0: Yeah, the new way of, of, of thinking about things, the, the, the more we are beholden to the ways of the past, uh, I think the more you get left behind. And, you know, I talked earlier in the, in the show about baseball and some of their you know, traditions they are unwilling to bend or evolve on or or, or shake away from, that's curtailed the youth enjoyment of watching and consuming the baseball product. Uh, The NFL has no desire to do that. So uh, when Damani Leach talks about these kind of things, um, he's just speaking the truth, and he's talking about the future. And, you know, innovation. What, What does innovation mean from a football perspective? New ways to consume the product. New ways to display the product, new places to put your product in. Um, you know, the London game this year, trust me, will not be the last international game that the Broncos play. This will continue. They will be at the forefront of the international movement. They'll still be the Denver Broncos. Not going to move overseas. How do you know that? Uh, because let's, let's let's connect some of the dots here. Sir Lewis Hamilton, boom, worldwide phenomenon.
2: A London bloke who wants to bring it, he wants to be responsible to bring a, a, an organization to, to London. Yes, and what who, who better than a team that he's involved with ownership wise?
0: And Russell Wilson going over to Monaco when Lewis Hamilton is racing and doing promotions for F1. F1 is a massive global sport. Hmm. Let's tie Russell Wilson to Lewis Hamilton and create a bigger brand for the Broncos. Russell Wilson didn't sit in the box in Wimbledon by accident and be shown on television. There was a plan behind that. So do you think he has a grander plan than just being the quarterback of the Denver Broncos? I'm sure Russell Wilson does, but I'm sure the Denver Broncos, I'm sure Damari Leach, and I'm sure that the Walton Penner group does as well. So all these, none of these things are accidental. Uh, We were like, Oh my gosh, what is Russell Wilson doing? He's doing all this stuff. He's not focusing on quarterback. He was promoting the brand for the eventual push to become a overseas iconic team in the NFL. And how does that
2: work other than just playing one game a year in London? What does that even mean? You've got how do you it.
0: become a global brand You've when got to play it. here in Denver? You've got a wife who's a music superstar. You don't think she wants to play in London, and that somehow also boosts the brand of Russell Wilson, which then in turn boosts the brand of Denver Broncos. They're all interconnected. These are all multiple prongs and pieces that can be played to grow the brand overall. So I...
2: In my time here at The Fan, posed a couple questions that have gotten the text line going, probably none of them as much as it is right now about watching TV on your phone, or watching games on your phone. And I'd say 90% of the texts coming in right now say that, yes, I watch games on my phone, and it's great because blah, 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 and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah so is is it gone the days of you know putting it on the big screen and putting your feet up on the on the um, the old coffee table and cracking a beer and eating some wings and is that done i mean is that is that oh is that
0: going the way of the dinosaur uh, i won 't say not maybe not the dinosaur, but I think it 's a smaller percentage of people and the streaming numbers go up every single year now I know we can stream now on our televisions, um, but there 's a reason why people have you know on their phones or on their iPads the mobile possibility of that. You can be sitting at Starbucks, you know, having a delicious pumpkin spice latte, which I think starts today, mm. which is way too early for me. To think Are you about- a pumpkin spice latte guy? I'm not. I enjoy pumpkin flavor, but, it, you know, just just not the latte. Pumpkin flavor comes out as soon as the kids go back to school because it's the start of fall.
2: You're not a coffee guy.
0: I'm not a coffee guy. but You never pump- had a coffee. I've had coffee.
2: What did it make you feel? Uh, Way too jittery. Mm. It's not for me. Not for you. But
0: the whole pumpkin flavoring thing, I like, uh, you know, pumpkin eggnog and all that other pumpkin flavored stuff.
2: You like pumpkin pie? Uh,
0: I do (laughs) like pumpkin pie. I like pumpkin yogurt. Pumpkin yogurt, yeah. It's delicious.
2: Yeah. Uh, My dad makes fabulous pies, all sorts of pies. But Growing up, pumpkin pie is one of his staples.
0: Now, it was interesting because you said that I knew that your dad made pies. But again, there's that twelve year old boy in you. I'm thinking, where's where's the setup coming from, Nate? Chad,
2: I'm just talking about pumpkin pie, bro. <laughs> Get your mind out of that place. You keep it in, man. Sometimes, so man. You, you take me there, man. I'm I do to, it. I'm trying to be a you know a respectable, upstanding radio host guy. Yeah. And not take us down into the gutter, but you dragged us down.
0: But <laughs> me. Yeah, hey. the streaming thing is not going away. People wanting to not. Be stuck in the house for four hours all day or all day Sunday to be able to, you know, watch a game and then go out and do some honeydew errands. And while you're, you know, watching your phone in, in your car, you're walking around Home Depot. This is how the NFL is going to be consumed in the future. People are just not going to stick watching on their couch in front of the big screen. So, does that same
2: philosophy of, hey, man, it's evolving, man? Gotta go with the, go, go with the flow, bro. Does that apply to on the field as well? I mean, with the way that these players are treated. I mean, we, you, and I were were, we're banging the drum for more physical, harder, aggressive practices. Can you have both? Uh, you know, a game that's evolving business wise and streaming wise and brand wise, but not evolving on the field. Don't answer that. You'll do it next.
1: It's Chad and Nate on Denver Sports Station one zero four three, the fan.
2: we're going to get into the conversation we we're just having about can the, can the business side of the game, the streaming side evolve without the game itself on the field evolving, but really quickly I wanted to to let you guys know about the compensation for Malik Reed. What you know is that Malik Reed was traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh the Broncos are getting back a 6th rounder in this uh, in the 2023 draft and they're giving up a 7th rounder in the 2024 draft. So Okay. Okay. Whatever. Um, Now, the question I posed to the text line that's that's lighting up the line is, do you watch games on your phone? And a lot of people have been saying, yeah, yeah, I watch football games on my phone. That's just how it is. This one says, hell no. Every Sunday we have people over and make a huge meal with a ton of apps throughout the day. We have football on the upstairs TV and on the downstairs TV. We stream on Apple TV for both. But no way I could watch it on a small screen. It makes me think about... Super Bowl parties in the future, right? Like, uh, there's going to be 50 people, all these hors d'oeuvres, and everyone's just sitting alone looking at their phones.
0: They'll probably be wearing, uh, like, VR headsets. 10 years now, It's it's not even talking. 20 people in a room, and everyone's wearing a VR headset.
2: I always had, uh, like, a funny, you know, uh, VR headsets are so silly to me. Really? Absolutely, man, because. Phew, I don't know, man. You're just in a different world while you're there. Like, someone can come in and rob
0: your house. You don't even know they're doing it. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen the, the folks wearing the VR headsets who fall down the stairs yeah. or run through the yeah. TV. Or, yeah.
2: Yeah. It seems, it seems like a fad that does, is not really going to stick.
0: Kind of like the Segway kind of thing. Exactly. Great idea, but... Uh, those do you aren't. own a VR headset? I do not.
2: Yeah. Um, so the question I posed to you was this, because we spent training camp talking about how soft it was, mm-hmm. how we believe they should be hitting more or blocking more or doing more physical practice because that's how you succeed on a football field. But in the, on, the, on the other hand, we're talking about growing the game and watching games on your phone and changing the uniforms and building a new stadium and expanding the brand internationally and, God forbid, moving the team mm-hmm. to London. Mm-hmm. So can the game or um, the business side of the game evolve without the game itself? evolving. Is, is is the magic of the game what you want to capture and
0: leave as it is and expand the business side, or are you going to expect the game to change too? The game has to change. As the audience changes, the game has to change. The game is not for the players. The game is not for the coaches. The game is what? not... What? 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 What, what? Yes. what do you mean? And, and the game is not for the, the shield. The game is not for beholden to John Vicinda, uh, the voice of God and the old NFL film stuff, the game is for the audience. It is entertainment. So while we saw this as this life-and-death battle with competition and hard work and blood and sweat and tears, no, it is entertainment for people on a Sunday that, or a Monday or a Thursday. You're saying that the, the blood, sweat, and tears
2: in a flippant way, like those are dead virtues that aren't real. When you are coaching kids, like what is high school football for? Is that for... The parents in the stands, is that for the cheerleaders or is
0: that for the players and the coaches? That is for the players and the coaches. And, and is, so
2: when you become a professional, it's no longer about the game, it's about the the entertainment product?
0: Within the locker room, it's still the the ethos uh, of, of the game and what the game is about and the lessons and the hard work and the discipline and all that. But for the casual fan, it is entertainment only. And so, okay, we want to grow our numbers. We want to have more women watching football. There's a whole the whole line of all the team jerseys in pink. And you can get the pink hats and all that. The whole thing they did with all the pink. It was breast cancer awareness, but it was also trying to sell more products to women. Now more women watch football. Um, more women. you think because of the pink hats? Well, that was certainly an effort they tried to make. That is a direct correlation, I can't say. But I think I will feel comfortable with this. Hopefully, I don't offend any women listeners or women on the text line. Just do it. Just throw it out there. The violence of the game is not why women tune in. How do you know that? Um, Having conversations with lots of moms and lots of women, having coached uh, boys who have moms and talking to the moms as well. And even on the sideline during a Pop Warner football game, you know, some of the language, not swear words, but some of the language around football uh, would be too much of some of the moms to take. And I would, you know, like have, what? To, have to email. Get your head out of your butt. Nah, you know, just, you know, more about the, the physical. Rip his head off. The physical nature of the game and some of the language that is used to describe the, the what you needed to go out there and play the game with. Um, some of the moms were uncomfortable with that. And, you know, so I had to coach my coaching staff on Hey, there's like moms and grandmas on the sideline. This is not an NFL game where they're up in the stands. They're standing right behind us, coaches. So let's clean it up, guys. You know, we're coaching 12 year olds, and I think we can use some aggressive language, but, you know, we can, at the same time, we can't offend grandma What's back a, there.
2: But there's still the language is one thing, but the act is violent. The act is aggressive. So you're, you wanna, you know, you, know, you, you soften up the language, but the act is still the same. So how do you, Express the desire to have somebody go do a very aggressive, violent act with very soft, respectful language.
0: That's difficult. That's a difficult line to toe. But again, as we begin to have more casual fans, and the league wants to grow it away from this, I mean, we see the flopping in in soccer, and we're just disgusted as football players. But uh, that's also part of that game. So not the women's game. <laughs> women's soccer—they don't flop. This is true. This it's is true. men who flop. It, but okay. But my point is, uh, they, if we want to grow the game internationally. Uh, are they going to tune in for the violence or for the poetry and in the, in the symmetry of it all? The, the, the splash athletic plays. They don't have the history of violent football to refer back to. They,
2: you know, Because they, they haven't been indoctrinated by it. And so you don't think they would fall in love
0: with the physical elements of American football? I think they would probably prefer the poetry. Of it, the exceptional highlight catch, the one hand stab catch, the great, awesome athletic run, uh, the knockout blow from Steve Atwater. That's probably not what they're going to be looking for. So, because the audience will change, the game will change as well. And I've said this many times you and I, as media guys, Roger Goodell, None of it's us. Goodle. It's good It's good old. It's good old. Okay. Uh, Bill Belichick, Bill Cowher, uh, 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 Nathaniel Hackett. We do not predict the future of the NFL. The future of the NFL would be predicted by the moms of America, and we need. To, and there's an effort to make the moms of America comfortable with little Timmy playing football. And if mom's not comfortable, then Timmy can't play. Then but is, no, the,
2: is it really the language that makes mom uncomfortable it's, or it's, the fact that little Timmy could get knocked out?
0: Right. So therefore, the game has to change. Therefore, the game has to become less violent. Therefore, How hard hits he, become penalized. Do you, are you in favor of hard hits becoming penalized? I'm not. Hmm. I'm not you in you favor. You just think that's what's going to happen. I, I know. Like, oh, you hit him too hard there. I know this here. is going to happen. The NFL is promoting flag football. Not that flag football will become the professional game, but they are trying to push out a sanitized version of football. There's a reason why they don't stay on camera when a player goes down. There's a reason why we go immediately as a broadcast team to a commercial break. Right. Because no one wants to see that. No,
2: because you want to believe these guys are superheroes. Invincible can't be hurt. Right. Right. So the minute they do get knocked out, cut the camera away, cut to commercial. But – the game itself, I mean, we talk about how it's won or lost in the trenches. Yeah. Is there a way to play patty cake down there and still no. let football evolve in, in a way that makes it entertaining? Like, is it? are you going to create the opportunities for the poetry down the field if you're not willing to do the dirty stuff in the
0: trenches? Aren't they related? There is a relation, but as time goes along, players adapt. Once upon a time, you sacked the quarterback, your goal was to hit him in his head as hard as you could with your head. Now, players have adapted to that. Uh, you don't are, think that's still the goal? That's not the because you'll get penalized. You'll get fined. And now safeties are you know, subjected to you know not make sure they'll hit wide receivers too hard and all those kinds of things. Well, we got a, another
2: bit of breaking news on the Broncos front. They have waived wide receiver Kendall Hinton. Mm-hmm. Kendall Hinton, who has uh, his cleats in the Hall of Fame for being that quarterback in that COVID game. Kendall Hinton, who has been... A guy who said yes to anything the coaches asked, Kendall Hinton, who's, who was a target that Russell Wilson actually talked glowingly about when he first got here and who's been a guy who has been, yeah, he kind of got lost a little bit in training camp, didn't he? Um, but the Broncos have waived wide receiver Kendall Hinton, and they're hoping he clears waivers so he can be brought back on the practice squad.
0: Very similar to the Malik Reed situation. There's a, a wealth of talent, uh, younger talent, cheaper talent, younger guys. So it's, uh, it's unfortunate this is the way of the NFL. Um, you know, if, if you do not continue to improve and somehow are better in year three, then those guys potentially could be behind you, then they're going to move on from you. And you become a candidate to be released and maybe they'll bring you back on practice squad. But coach is going to shift his focus to those young guys. Those young guys are going to get a lot of coaching and get a chance to get better here. And those young guys, we're talking about
2: Brandon Johnson. We're talking about Jalen Virgil. We're talking about Seth Williams. Montreal Washington, obviously, going to be a member of this team. He was drafted to be the returner. He flashed at that position, so he's going to be around. The question is, will Tyree Cleveland make the team as a special teams core member, or will they decide to stack the team with six wide receivers who can all catch the rock but aren't going to play special teams? All right, that's it for us. Uh, Stick around for Stokely and Zach. There's going to be more breaking news on the Broncos' front, and they will dive into all that and more. That's next. Hey, this is Nate Jackson. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of myspecialmortgage.com.